Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. I love being right. And I got it right on the morning show yesterday. The Giants didn't completely listen to my advice, though. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Before we get to Saquon Barkley's deal, I want to remind you that we did get the breaking news out of the NFL, that we got the largest deal for Justin Herbert here, a historic $262.5 million five-year extension for the 25-year-old quarterback. That includes $133.7 million fully guaranteed, $193.7 million with an injury guarantee, and jumping to potentially $218.7 million as well. We don't know everything, obviously, that's included in that Justin Herbert contract, but it is a good day to be Justin Herbert. We know that the Chargers have locked their guy in for many more years for the young quarterback who has produced for them in a lot of categories, just not necessarily in the win-loss category just yet. So they're going to have to now produce there. Michael Rostein filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight, but let's talk about Saquon because, again, I like being right. So I'd rather spend my time on Saquon Barkley. He did get his one-year deal, and it was exactly what I had said. And I brought it up a couple times yesterday on the morning show, Michael, and I kept saying he can still sign a deal. It can only be one year in length, though. And I expected that to be where this went, a one-year deal that was incentive-based. You hit X amount of yards, he gets X amount of money. And this is exactly what ends up happening between Saquon and the Giants. A lot of people were surprised by it. It's not the deal Saquon wanted. He wanted a multi-year deal, but he got something in writing out of the Giants. Other yeah, than the franchise tag. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Some of this might just be from a mental a mental perspective for Saquon of saying, I did not have to sign the tender. Mm-hmm. I did not have to acquiesce to that particular deal. I got something a little bit incrementally better than that. And I will live with that. And then if it doesn't, you know, after this season, we'll see what happens. It's a tough deal for running backs right now, Amber Wilson. It just is, and it's why you're seeing the conversation be around Saquon and Tony Pollard signing the franchise tender and why that was a big deal. And Josh Jacobs, who knows when he's going to show up. Like, It's a big deal because running backs are a position where their shelf life in the NFL is so much shorter than anyone else because of the punishment they take. And if I'm Saquon, I want to cash in as much as possible because we also know this, Amber, and we've seen it time and time again. When it falls off for a running back, it's not a gradual fall off like a quarterback or a lineman or even a linebacker. It is literally like straight down, like plummeting like a stock, you know, during a crash. Like that's what it looks like for a running back more often than not. And they need to be able to cash in when they can. Well, there's a couple problems here. The, the, fall off like you just mentioned that we've seen time and again we've also seen it not happen we've seen the Derrick sure. Henry's of the world that we've been talking about since he was in college that he's going to fall off because of too much usage and he continues to surprise us right now that's a running back who got paid but it's not just the problem of most running backs breaking down and breaking down by their mid-20s which is so so early 
when we talk about the length of careers at the positions in the NFL, but also the talent pool behind these running backs. It, it feels like they feel replaceable in part because you can win without the most elite running back in the league. We see Kansas City do it, right? With their Super Bowls. They don't have the best running back room in the league, and yet they're out here winning Super Bowls. And so it's not necessary in order to win a Super Bowl. At least it appears that way right now. And also, you can go get the guy on the rookie deal behind the guy that you just exhausted his rookie deal after tagging him, maybe tagging him again, and then you dip back into the talent pool in the draft. And it's pretty darn good. It's good enough to get you to where you want to be. Saquon Barkley is a victim of all of that. So Saquon Barkley gets a one-year incentive-based deal. It doesn't really amount to much. I thought, even though I was the one out here yesterday on air saying this is how it's going to go down, I thought it was going to look better than this, frankly, from Saquon's perspective. Because I thought, okay, they can can agree to an incentive-based deal that's basically at base is the franchise tag, which is where they started, which is what they did. But I thought the incentives were going to amount to more than they included. They only included about $900,000 in incentives on top of that. So we can make a million more, uh, roughly, you know, in an incentive. I guess I thought it would be a couple million more that he'd be able to get in incentives, not $900,000 more. Also, it really importantly here, I thought from the Saquon perspective, he was going to get a big win by including a clause that said they won't franchise tag him in 24. I thought really that was the point of the entire one-year deal. Even if it's the exact same price as the franchise, even if it was $10.1 million, which is exactly what you would have made under the franchise tag, if you had put a clause in there that they can't tag you in 2024, now suddenly you have freedom and you have some power attached to that freedom. And that apparently did not get included in this deal. And that could have gotten included in this deal. And I had expected it to get included in a one-year deal. Now, that would have been a real win for Saquon, like you said, more than anything else that he could have gotten. Because he wasn't going to get much more than the franchise tag. And even from an incentive perspective, so much of it that it would have been very much like a not likely to be earned situation. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, this is a guy that hasn't run for more than 1,312 yards, and that was last season when when he played in 16 games. It's the first time he's played in 16 games since his rookie year. Like if they had put like fifteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns, which would be clear career highs in both situations, if you put that in there as a major incentive, like a two million dollar incentive, something like that, sure, then maybe that would have made sense. So it's not shocking to me that he would only have gotten another about million or so in incentives because it's a way to get him a little bit more money. But you're right that they should have found a way to say no, you will not franchise tag me next year. Now. Because it would be the second straight year that he would be tagged, there might be a little bit. It, it, it kind of changes some of the calculus a little bit of what that money would look like for him next year. Mm-hmm. But he also could make it very clear, like, you do it again, I'm not playing. And then you run into Le'Veon Bell territory, which is dangerous for running backs as well. Because Saquon will be 27 years old. So he's still young enough to be able to do this, but time is running short for running backs. You mentioned Derrick Henry, by the way, Amber. Derrick Henry's 29. I'm very curious to see what Derrick Henry looks like in 2024 because that is that age 30 year when running backs kind of go from being productive, productive to gone. Right. 
Well, although I thought, listen, I thought that was going to already happen to D. Henry coming off the injury. So who knows? He seems to be maybe an anomaly as well at, at his size and strength and the beating that he has taken. And yet he is still out there producing at such a high clip. But that's not the norm when it comes right. to the running back position in 2023. Saquon is still the most important player on the New York Giants, though. And so that also is not the norm because we're not normally talking about a running back as being the most important player on that team, but he's the captain of that team. He's the leader in the locker room. He means everything to the success of the quarterback that you did just give the big money to. What this deal does, and the reason I thought that it made so much sense, and I know a lot of people on our airwaves have been pretty negative about this thing, but this is why I was saying over and over again that I thought they were going to get a one-year incentive-based deal done because I thought it made so much sense from the perspective of the Giants as well Make sure he shows up. Give him something to show up for, right? Like, Give him some reason to get out there and try to hit the incentives. Because otherwise, if he's on the franchise tag, all he has to do is quite literally physically show up. And then my hammy's tight. My shoulder hurts a little bit. It's the NFL. Everything hurts, right, after week one. And he could milk all of that to the tune of his $10.1 million. Well, now with an incentive-based contract, he actually has a reason to try to show up and play some and to play the games, maybe actually help your team get to the winning. Yeah, you're, you're right, except for one thing there. If he does that, if he starts pulling the, oh, my leg, oh, my shoulder, oh, my arm, that's not a good look for if you end up in free agency. Because running back is a position where once injuries start happening, they keep happening over and over and over again. So you can't pull that if you're Saquon, especially because you have dealt with injuries in the past. It's not like he's played five years injury-free. So he doesn't really have that type of luxury. He knows he's playing on a contract year, and if he wants that multi-year deal, he has to ball out this year. Because we've seen players who have pulled something like that in the past. A guy who has been his teammate in the past. A guy named Kenny Galladay. I watched him pull it in Detroit. And you want to know what? Then he goes to the Giants and he's terrible with the Giants. He's atrocious. He's one of the worst free agent contracts in history. It just doesn't work that way to me in the NFL. I think you're going to see the best of Saquon this year because he's going to want to put himself in a position where somebody's willing to pay him reasonably good dollars for two or three years, whether that's the Giants or someone else. But the problem with the running back position is if you ball out, it also hurts you. When you ball out, people say it's too much usage. You were phenomenal this season, but there's no way you can keep it up because your body's going to break down. You've been too good. It's too many yards. It's too many carries. It's too many touchdowns. It's too much of everything. And because of that, now we're not going to pay you on the back end. So at least with an incentive-based deal, he's got a reason to show up. The Giants have a reason for him to show up. It sort of quiets the conversation as well, at least for one year. Because, by the way, you and me, Michael, we're going to be doing the same song and dance next offseason between Saquon Barkley (laughs) and the New York Giants. Coming up next year. Part two of today's two days. How big of a disaster are the Arizona Cardinals going to be this season? We will get into it. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio and, of course, on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And you ready for the NFL season with our NFL two-a-days. Michael Rostein filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. Amber Wilson here with you. Joe and Amber presented to you, of course, by Progressive Insurance. So we get real excited about the NFL around here. We are headed into training camps all across the NFL this week. Let's do some two-a-days. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation two-a-days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Arizona Cardinals. Blue 58! Go! Josh Weinfest, the Arizona Cardinals. As the Cardinals begin training camp this week, the biggest storyline, without a doubt, will be the status of quarterback Kyler Murray. Out since December with a torn ACL, Murray has been fiercely rehabbing his right knee, but there isn't a time frame for his return. Head coach Jonathan Gannon has said Murray won't play until he's physically and mentally ready, which means Murray's every move will be watched at camp. Every time he steps on the field, every time he jogs, and every time he throws will be broken down and dissected in an effort to glean any tidbit of information about his status for the 2023 season. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. That was Josh Weinfuss, ESPN Cardinals reporter. He's making it all about Kyler Murray, the quarterback, who we don't even know when he's going to be available this season after tearing that ACL, Michael. No, we, we have no idea. I'm looking forward to, to watching the Cardinals be terrible this year because they're going to be so, so bad. They're going to be, they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. Like really? They're going to have the number one pick. Yeah. What, what gives you any sort of confidence that the Arizona Cardinals will be anything other than awful? 
Okay, so the only confidence that I would say, and this applies to when Kyler comes back, is when you pull the numbers for Kyler in 2020, Kyler, in 2021, Kyler, there was a lot of hope there for Kyler Murray at one point, don't forget. There was a lot of talent that seemed to be present, and Cliff Kingsbury kind of seemed to take it all out of him. Cliff Kingsbury's offensive schemes were as vanilla as they get. There was no motion. I think, in fact, if you pull the numbers, they did the least about amount of innovative motion in his offensive schemes. He had the blandest offensive schemes in the entire NFL. You know who does that so well is the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And oh, by the way, all the best offenses in the NFL, right? And you can't just go out there with a completely bland offensive approach and expect defenses not to know exactly what your game plan is. They knew. And so, yes, Kyler Murray certainly has his shortcomings. Don't get me wrong. But I also don't think that Cliff Kingsbury set him up for any sort of semblance of success. Maybe a new coaching staff. I don't know if I love the hire of Gannon. I, it's it's unusual. It certainly bucks the trend. We see all these co- all these teams lately go more for offensive coaches. Here they're going for a D coordinator. I don't know if Drew Petzing is going to be that great of an OC. I, I guess he got what you can out of Jacoby Brissett last season in Cleveland. But the coaching staff doesn't really excite me necessarily. However, it ain't Cliff Kingsbury anymore. And I feel like that's good news if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan. Yes. Well, yes, because by the end, it, Cliff Kingsbury it was just it was a walking debacle. The whole organization was just a walking debacle by the end from the top down, realistically. Because don't forget, you had the issues with the GM. You had issues with quarterback, everything. Debacle, debacle, debacle. But here's the thing. if Ky- Let's say, for argument's sake, Kyler Murray comes back in October, right? That would be, what, 10 months post, post-injury. That's plausible. Mm-hmm. He also hasn't played in 10 months. He doesn't have this ramp up. That he has. So he's going to have rust there. He's going to have some issues. And by then, guess what? If you're the Cardinals, you might be one and six. And then you're going to play Kyler Murray. Okay, fine. You might be one and eight. You're playing in a division that theoretically might be a little bit difficult because the Niners are still pretty good. The Seahawks should be pretty good. The Rams, who knows what the Rams are going to be? Like, to me, this Cardinals team is not set up to succeed this year. This team is being set up to rebuild. Potentially, they could have two of the top three picks in the draft in 2024, maybe two top five picks because they'll have the Houston Texans pick as well. And the Texans are not going to be all that good. They're in the middle of a rebuild. I, I, I think that you're looking at a situation in Arizona where they're doing as close to – they don't tank in the NFL. It's just not physically possible because of the injury rate. But – you're doing as best you can to set yourself up to be able to build for the future than anything in the present if you're in Arizona I right mean, now. you could tank in a single game sort of scenario like Lovey Smith refused to do last season for the Houston sure. Texans, catching them or costing them the number one pick. But overall, yes, I understand your premise. I get what you're saying. And you are talking about the Texans pick and the Arizona Cardinals pick looking like very good news, potentially, if we're already looking ahead for the dra- towards the draft when we haven't even yet start we're just now starting training camps. I mean we haven't even yet gotten to the bulk here of 
on-field workouts, and we're already talking about next year's draft. So, yes, it is tough sledding for Arizona Cardinals fans. I think because, though, it is a rebuild year, and because you're not going to have Kyler, who got paid, and so I honestly don't think there's that much instability at quarterback, but I think it's going to be hard because of those things that you just mentioned with Kyler to really evaluate him until we get towards the end of a season because we are talking about a quarterback also learning a new offense, and he's learning a new offense without even being on the field for potentially a pretty significant portion of the season, and then, like you said, the rust will factor will be there coming off of the injury. So I don't know if you use one of those top picks to move on from Kyler Murray. I don't know if we're going to be in a position where we all feel confident about even what Kyler Murray is going to be for this new offense and this new look Colts team. I know James Steele was very excited about talking about the Colts because he thinks that's a really interesting proposition, but I just don't really see it as realistic with Kyler coming off the injury in particular. No, I I just don't. Listen, they might take a quarterback. It's possible because you can move him if you move him after June first of next meeting Kyler Murray after June first of two thousand twenty four. But you have to have a suitor. You have to have the right system for him. There's so many things that can happen between now and then. It's probably not even worth ta- not even worth dissecting that much because so many possibilities can occur. You party, have to have somebody willing. We're party, party poopers, poopers on James. Now, I, he wanted I, he wanted I, this so bad. Wet blankets. He just. wanted he wanted us to have this conversation so bad about them moving on from Kyler Very Murray. Sad. I'm no wet blanket. A reason, James. Who's taking on that contract if Kyler looks like trash at the end of this season? Coming up next. Coming up next, James has Patrick Mahomes written on my screen. I, of course he does. <laughs> um, Chiefs. <laughs> Joe and Amber, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Michael Rostein. Putting in our show chat just now that Lionel Messi has two goals in his first half tonight of Miami FC. Super fan James Steele of Miami FC and all things Messi. 
<laughs> I haven't gotten to talk to you, James, since that walk off by Messi the other night. How'd you feel about that? I, I know. Coolest I, moment in MLS history. I or? barely know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> an MLS game. Uh, wow. Haters going to hate on all things Miami. You're not going to hate, though, on James Steele's favorite segment. Let's sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. All right. So uh, if you've watched the Netflix documentary quarterback, you've heard Patrick Mahomes tell everyone that he's Nice. Why he's nice to defensive players? Because he hopes that it'll make those defenders hit him a little less hard. The Falcons defensive lineman Calais Campbell was asked about that earlier today, and here's what he had to say. It's very true, you know. And, uh, okay. He let the cat out the bag now, though. It's like, oh, you don't want to be nice because you don't want to get hit. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, there's definitely truth to that. So, who's the nicest quarterback you've ever had? Uh, probably Andrew Luck. What's Andrew oh, Luck was that? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, used to like. Compliment you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I think Mahomes kind of did a little bit, but Mahomes got a little more like a little fire into him too. So, uh, yeah, no, Andrew Luck was definitely that guy that was just like, you know, trying to befriend you and, you know, make you feel like you're the best guy in the world. So you take it a little easier on him. And, you know, it worked a little bit. Aaron Rodgers used to do that a little bit too. I mean, quarterbacks are smart. They know, you know, the certain guys you don't want to piss off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Keep you feeling good. Was there a quarterback that was just kind of a real. About it for like a you know, I think uh, Phil Rivers just be a good uh, trash talker and stuff, but he was never like disrespectful. You know, uh, Mac, Mac Jones actually, uh, he, he was kind of disrespectful. I'm like, hold on, man. <laughs> All right, uh, I don't know if you guys know Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You, you, you sure about that? Find a way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. To bring Patrick uh, Mahomes into this conversation. Just, you know, I, I just wanted to remind you. I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a while, Amber. All right, so Michael, what's the most surprising thing in that soundbite? that uh, what Mahomes does works, uh, that Andrew Luck was the nicest quarterback that uh, Calais Campbell was played against, or that Mac Jones is kind of a jerk. Well, James, first I'm just disappointed that you didn't even mention that the last two questions were me actually asking Calais Campbell those questions. You, you just scared it right over that. Uh, I'm, I'm very hurt you here. in the videos. I don't know. No, but you can, you don't know my voice. Uh, we no, work for how no, often really. together here on ESPN no, sounds, Radio. I'm just terrible. on the radio. Fair Michael enough. Rossi I've heard that. tooting his own horn here for. Hey, I am <laughs> nothing if not. Sound out of Calais Campbell. As, as our as our lovely Shannon Penn says, I am nothing if not petty, and I am nothing <laughs> if not spiteful or scornful. No, hey, listen. The most ex- the most surprising thing out of that was actually about Mac Jones because I did not expect Calais Campbell to actually name anyone, especially an active quarterback. And he kind of just threw it in there at the end. He's like, "Yeah, you know, Philip Rivers was, like, yeah, that Mac Jones was just." He was kind of like, he's just, and he was at, so we asked Calais Campbell later, well, what, what did he say? He was just like, oh, it was just trash talk to the highest level. He's like, I don't even remember exactly what he said. I'm sure he remembers exactly what was said, <laughs> if it stuck in him. By the way, Calais Campbell's never sacked Mac Jones. He only had one quarterback hit on him. So I really want to know the backstory on that. Like, that's my goal in training camp. Is to get that information. We are relying on you, Michael Rostein, I'm to do give that. We can get that information out of Calais Campbell. That was certainly the most surprising part of that clip, right? I mean, I don't know much about Mac Jones's personality whatsoever. I would just be surprised that he's the dude who's yeah. disrespectful because he ain't done anything yet, Mac. I mean, all right, his rookie year was kind of okay. It was okay. The Bobo nod to the Pro Bowl as an alternate. It was fine. Maybe that's the year that he decided to talk some trash to some it of was his not. vets. 
but that seems crazy <laughs> to me. So then you're doing it in a sophomore year that didn't go so well for a Mac Jones. If I'm Mac, I'm probably buttoning it up this year and hearing that bite from Clayus Campbell and deciding to be a little nicer to those defenders coming at me. Yeah, so once, if and when you get that information out of Calais Campbell, I better be the first person you uh, text so we can get you on and you can tell us all about it. Uh, all right, so another guy, we've been talking about Justin Herbert today, but another guy who got a contract extension today was Trayvon Diggs. And when the Cowboys agreed to a five-year, $97 million contract earlier today, but Zach Martin is still waiting to get paid and he didn't show up to training camp. Jerry Jones was asked about Martin's holdout earlier today. Just not going to discuss anything about uh, any player, any of our players' agreements. We have great communication with, frankly, everybody. We won't be discussing any of the football business aspect of this thing. Nothing to concern me about anything to do we're doing with the contractual situations. All right, Amber, a bunch of nothing there from Jerry Jones. Uh, Zach Martin is a huge part of that Cowboys offense. Uh, Not in camp right now. What do you expect from the Cowboys this season? Well, listen, Zach Martin matters. He's certainly a big piece of that puzzle. It's good that they got one of their best corners in the league locked up here in Trayvon Diggs. I think all of these guys end up getting paid for the Dallas Cowboys. I think they work it out before the season. And what do I expect? I expect that somebody has to win the NFC. Like somebody, you know, it's funny, Rostin, because when we were doing our top five Super Bowl contenders in Rankum last week, I'm like, do I have to? Like, does somebody from the (laughs) NFC actually have to make the Super Bowl or can we just go ahead and put some AFC teams in there? (laughs) But they are telling me that somebody from the NFC has to, right? So why not the Dallas Cowboys? Obviously, the Eagles are going to be good again this season. But then behind the Eagles, it's a crud shoot, as I like to say, Michael. And the Dallas Cowboys will be very much in that mix. I think they're going to be better than then people maybe realize, I know Dax out here with the, you know, I'm not going to throw double digit interceptions and we know how inaccurate he was. He, he was this past season. I think he's going to look better this season as well. Well, I, I think your thought that the Cowboys might be a Super Bowl team is a whole bunch of crud, Amber. Well, no, I'm not saying they're, hold on, relax. I'm not calling <laughs> the, the Cowboys a viable Super Bowl contender, but like the, the Eagles can't be the only team that we label as a Super Bowl contender in that entire conference. I, I, there's a t- there, there are the there yeah oh, the fight. has to get to the <laughs> NFC championship. You're right, the fighting Brock Purdy's. Right. Well, okay. There you go. If, the it, fighting and, Brock Purdy's. The, the news that we got today about Brock already being ready is giving me more hope for the 49ers. I mean, don't don't hate on the team that has not won a playoff game since the 1991 season. Oh, I mean, they, they, the Detroit Lions, they could yeah, maybe do it. Yeah, you lost me with that. I, I know, I know. I, I, listen, I, Campbell's but, great on hard but, no, but no, but in all seriousness, that is part of the problem with the NFC, right? Is after San Francisco and after Dallas, there's or not Dallas, Philly, you've got me thinking about Dallas. No, you there's said just it right so, the first time. <laughs> there, there, no, Philly's better than Dallas. Like, after Philly and San Francisco, there's just a giant bunch of question marks. I cover the NFC South. I think the Falcons might win that division, but... Super Bowl contender? No, 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 no. NFC North? No, no, no. Who? No. Nah. Like, and that's part of the problem. I don't, I don't. Is it a problem? It's a problem if you're a fan of the NFC generally, I guess, but probably not a problem if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan because you probably are happy that there's not many other viable teams in that yeah, conference. Like, but they you, underachieve every year. That's that's fair. All right. Uh, So, again, we've been talking about Justin Herbert getting his extension. The next guy, logical guy up to get his money will be Joe Burrow. Bengals owner Mike Brown talked about Burrow being the priority for the team. And what else happens after that? Well, it's uh, pretty obvious uh, that uh, Joe is 
the heart of the matter. And uh, after that, uh, we want all the guys we can get, but uh, we may have to uh, go short in a couple cases. So uh, apparently Mike Brown just woke up from a nap there. Michael, uh, <laughs> obviously, Burrow is the priority. But there, uh, there are a lot of guys who are in line to get big-time pay raises. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, chief among them. How much pressure is on the Bengals this season to get back to the Super Bowl? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing for a second because our, our own Teron Davenport uh, who I mentioned earlier about Brock Purdy texted me, man, I need, I need to find someone who loves me the way you love Brock Purdy. And it is true. I, I, I truly do love Brock Purdy. But I, to your question, I, the biggest concern for me there is them basically saying, we're going to pay Burrow, but maybe not anyone else. If I'm Jamar Chase, I don't like hearing that whatsoever because Jamar Chase is going to come in top of the dollar when he becomes a guy. Maybe becomes a free agent or eligible for that. T. Higgins, maybe not as much. But if I'm Jamar Chase, I, I, I'm paying real close attention, Amber, to that that particular clip. I mean, it's a, it's a salary cap sport. It's, yeah. It's, there's but, that, so but, that's, but you can go. make it work. At least with Joe Burrow. You can, you can normally make it work. You can normally structure these things a certain way. The reality here is, you heard Mike Brown say, Joe Burrow's the priority. Joe Burrow's going to get paid. I don't think that's going to anger anybody. I don't. I mean, that's not even going to no. anger Jamar Chase. This isn't Daniel Jones that we're talking about, and then everyone's all up in arms because now Saquon's getting paid and Daniel Jones got that contract. It's not that sort of lopsided in terms of the leader of the team or product or whatever in terms of how we believe it. it like it's obvious it's all joe cool he's the priority there he's the most important player on that team is the best player on that team joe burrow's gonna get paid and he's gonna get paid now more than joe more than justin herbert so justin herbert signed 262 and a half million joe burrow's starting point i mean at least 265 right because that's how this goes even if it's just a little bit more <laughs> now i need to be the highest paid quarterback in the league he's going to end up being that we knew it was coming. I think it's why Joe Burrow was taking his time. He was letting Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert get paid first, and then he'll sign his deal. And the reality is probably what Mike Brown said. Also, I would sound sleepy if I was having to dish out hundreds of millions of dollars, in fairness to Mike Brown. I don't know what that's like, but I feel like I would be pretty sleepy about it. All right, real quick, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I don't know what else to say about the soundbite. So here's uh, Robert Sala sounding damn near giddy about his new QB one. I referenced those two throws. You, you smiled. Are you, you're fighting back a smile. I mean, are you starting to get a little? Are you letting yourself get a little? No, I, I, these two I told you guys. I, I joke around, but I'm serious too. They, I mean, the, the guy glows in the dark, so he's uh, he's a pretty damn good quarterback. I mean, he probably he glows, glows in, the, in the dark. Does he, that explain he, things? Well, now? yeah, like, he glows in the makes dark. Sense. Maybe because of all the mushrooms he's taken, and also, is it really a darkness retreat if you glow in the dark? <laughs> no, it's not. But I mean, listen, I, I love that Aaron Rodgers glows in the dark. I'm just wondering if he's is he wearing one of those like green man costumes? Is he like have like jellyfish actually on him, and that makes him a little bit more slippery? Like, I, I, is he made of glow sticks? Like, is he going to a rave somewhere in the meatpacking district? Like, I mean, I, I want to know the answers to these questions. Zero surprise <laughs> to me. We start seeing pictures of Aaron Rodgers at a rave. I got it. Sounds like maybe something that you would get in like Super Mario Brothers. You grab the he grabbed the flashy star. Now he glows in the dark. Hey, listen. It's going to make him an easy target for defenses for night games, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it would make it. Yeah, but if there are, the lights are so penetrating anyway, you're going to see them. By the way, when I was in Argentina, James Steele, since you mentioned Mario Brothers, and I'm just going to, you know, humble brag, I was in Argentina. There was a bar that had a drink that was like the, like kind of the toadstool thing, like the little green thing that you hit and like the, the thing pops up in Mario Brothers. They made a drink out of that. It was fascinating. Amber is that is fascinating. thrilled right now. You know what's also fascinating? Games. Michael Rothstein's dating advice while, or dating, dating life, rather. <laughs> While in Argentina, not, he, he's, not he's got some thoughts on how Tinder or Bumble or whatever he's on works in <laughs> South America. Don't worry, we will get to that. It's also your turn to weigh in. We're going to get to your phone calls. This is where we open up the phone lines to you. Triple eight, say ESPN. What are your thoughts? Justin Herbert's contract extension, Jalen Brown's contract, whatever your hottest takes are from the day. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We play some caller roulette. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation. Michael Rothstein filling in tonight on Joe and Amber. We love having you here, Michael. Oh, in thanks. Part because you always bring the goods. And the goods that you're bringing us <laughs> is that you were fresh off a trip to South America. We're going to get to your calls for a second. But gosh, I have to get to this first. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You've been you waiting. Fresh. You've been I mean, waiting been, for this. I have been like, how am I going to bring this up during the show? Because Michael drops a bomb on me right before the show and our pre-show. You know, we're getting ready for the show. We're connected. We're talking mostly sports. But then Michael mentions because he's coming off his trip all around South America. And he mentions Bumble much better for him in South America than here stateside. And I thought, man, I've got to bring this up somehow, but how am I going to get to this? How am I going to go from Justin Herbert to 262 and a half million to Bumble with Michael Rothstein in Argentina? And then I, I don't open know the door. You open the door this last segment. I'm finding a way. I feel like I have a theory and maybe the callers can help us out. Again, triple eight, say yes, man. I have a theory that <laughs> Michael know, Rothstein but... is doing better on Bumble and in all the in South America, I know you weren't just in Argentina, but in South America generally, because you are exotic there, my friend. There, you're unusual. You have. I'm action. unusual you're everywhere. Let's just be clear. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I am weird and unusual ev- everywhere. Just ask my father's girlfriend who told me that while I was oh. back in New York last. She said I am a strange person. I'm paraphrasing can here. Can be good, can be bad, uh, but there it feels like it's all good. <laughs> Yes, no, there it was all good. It, it, for whatever reason, it, 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 things, things were good for two weeks in, in <laughs> Chile and Argentina, and I'm not going to say much more than that. Sorry, it's not going to be great radio. Advice, America, if you're struggling here, maybe go down south. I didn't say I was struggling here. It just was a different, it, different, I, I, different I, experience. I, I think the, the app might have just been broken in Chile and literally just said everybody says yes. I mean, in terms of like swiping right, like it was a very different and uh, experience. But you know, I travel. I this is going to sound like a humble brag, and I I understand this, but I'm very fortunate that I am able to travel, uh, and traveling is something that's very important to me. I believe in seeing international cultures and seeing the world, and that you learn about the world and you learn about people, and that it shows you how small the world is by going abroad and going to all these different places. And every year, it's what I try to do for vacation. And South America is the first. This is the first time I have been down there. Argentina's, Argentina is awesome. Buenos Aires is incredible. Santiago is beautiful. Uh, it's just a great place to go. And, you know, if, if I'm able to meet people while I'm there, meet locals, then 
I'm all for it. Then so be it. They're swiping exactly. the right direction. Michael Rothstein is the is the mysterious exotic American there. He's very popular down there in yeah, Argentina. Versus in here. Versus here. <laughs> Joan Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, you found your audience. Listen, you found your audience. That's all that matters. Let's play some caller roulette. Let's find ours. Thirteen black hot. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Mordecai. Mordecai calls us from Raleigh. Hey, Mordecai, thanks for the call again tonight. Go ahead. I just wanted to comment on Saquon's deal. I don't like it one bit. Um, I'm thinking that the Giants have set some kind of trap for him. Those incentives in particular, okay. Satan's going to try to push through to meet those incentives. It's a trap. What happens if he gets hurt? Then he's jammed up. It's no good at all. They should just pay the man his money. It's like he's got the sword of Damocles hanging over his head. (laughs) Terrible deal. Hey, Mordecai, are you still there? Yes, I am. I'm just curious. Are you in Raleigh or are you like north of Raleigh? So my brother lives in Raleigh. Uh, If you've ever been in Raleigh. Okay, yeah. If you've ever been in a yacht club, uh, he is a bartender there. So you can tell him that you're (laughs) a caller to the show. That's very, that's right, very chubby. Right. In fact, and thanks for the call, Mordecai. Before Mar- when Mordecai called us and he saw Raleigh on the screen, Michael Ralston, he's like, "Are you sure my brother's not calling us and playing some sort of joke on me and just calling himself Mordecai?" I'm like, "No, actually, Mordecai is a regular caller to the show. I don't think he's related to you, but you We're never not. know." Mordecai is very worked up though against the deal that Saquon Barkley get a one year deal worth up to eleven million dollars. Two million of that is a signing bonus, so he got instantly two million dollars richer. It's an incentive based deal. It means Saquon Barkley, most importantly, is going to be playing for the Giants this season. And yes, there are concerns. And there's just concerns generally at that position that when you ball out, Michael, it ends up hurting you on an open market because then people say, oh, now you were too good. Your body's going to break down. Yeah, I don't know if I, I still don't know if I buy that at his age. To me, I would, if I'm him, there would be more concerns if he has another injury prone season. If he doesn't look good this year, that would be a bigger concern than, oh, he played too well. Because someone's going to give him that shot if he plays well. Let's go ahead and just go straight to Terrence. I'm going to override this. Terrence, I know, Terrence, you must miss us. I- I'm sorry, Joe and Amber are here every night for you, Terrence. But you're in my thoughts, buddy. Thanks for the call again. Go ahead. Yes, yes. And, you, uh, you know, I'm getting tired of you cheating on me. You're going up there with the big boys and all that. Anyway, like, the, like Mordecai, I'm pissed at the Saquon deal because – you know, it's just not fair. I think the I think the NFL running backs should break away from the NFLPA and form their own union. I think they'll get a better deal because the NFLPA is not looking out for them at all. It's interesting. I know that Dano had mentioned it, like the same part of the CBA that is helping quarterbacks and tight ends and wide receivers is hurting the running back position. I would imagine it's something that's going to come up next time they negotiate the CBA. The problem is it's hard to address just address the issue with one particular position. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.